the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's podcast, sponsored by Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale at Hillsdale.edu. I encourage you to take advantage of the many free online courses there. And, of course, to listen to the Hillsdale Dialogues, all of them at Q for Hillsdale.com, or just Google Apple, iTunes, and Hillsdale. Morning, glory, America. Bonjour, high candidates. Wednesday morning. Good morning to you, America. I want to say a special good morning to my my three great affiliates way up north in Granite State, New Hampshire land, where the campaigning is hot and heavy. News Radio WGAN AM 560 and FM 98.5 comes out of Portland, Maine, and covers all of northern New Hampshire as well as southern Maine and mid-coast Maine. And I consider it really my home station. I love WGAN, but I also love WKBK 94.1 and 1920 AM in Keene, New Hampshire, big city. And WFEA Manchester 1370 and 99.9. And even though I got a little bit of laryngitis, I haven't got any kind like the laryngitis of the people who are working in that state. Harry, I'm thinking about you. I've got so many friends in New Hampshire and in southern Portland who work in New Hampshire and in Boston who drive through New Hampshire every day to their home. And they're always listening, and I appreciate it. And they let me know that they're listening. And I know that they're going nuts because this is a week. It's the last week of a four-year cycle. And people start campaigning for the next New Hampshire primary the day after this one is over. But between now and Tuesday, they can't turn around without bumping into Donald Trump or Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. They might even run into that strange guy from Minnesota who's running on the Democratic side, Dean Phillips. And they might run into Cornell West. But, I mean, the big three, and all year long, it was. It started with 15, right? The Republican National Committee has gotten it down to three. Um, Iowa crushed it for Trump. Last night, Ted Cruz endorsed former President Trump on Sean Handy's show. That's a big deal. Now, for those of you who are not in the mainstream media, you don't realize that verdict with Ted Cruz and Ben, Dom, uh, ben Ferguson is maybe the most influential podcast other than comfortably smug among conservative voters. And Ted Cruz came in second in 2016. Traditionally in the Republican world, if you finish second, you start off the leader, but he chose not to run. He's running in Texas. And so that's a big deal. There's other news. Nikki Haley canceled a debate with Ron DeSantis, which I just am perplexed by that. I was listening to the commentary podcast yesterday morning, and John Podhoritz announced that. And I said, that can't be right. No one running to win cancels a network debate, unless you're Donald Trump and you're so far ahead. But consultants are consultants. I don't get it. I don't get it. My show is open to all three of them. Former President, Ambassador Haley, Governor DeSantis, call in anytime you want. Like I said, we cover the top to the bottom of the Granite State, thanks to WGAN in Portland on 94.1. And 1290 in Keene on WKBK. WGAN, of course, is 560. And 
That's my favorite station because I always run into people around Maine who listen to 560 and 98.5. But but in Manchester at 1370 and 99.9, it will be over soon. Let me begin with a policy. I'll, I'll update the war after this. There's news in the war. Uh, none of it good. None of it unexpected. It's just it's a hard war. But last night on Politico, a story appeared. Senate Republicans want to pass an important bill with three parts. Aid to Israel. You bet. We've got to send all sorts of aid to Israel. We've got to send the most important aid to Israel. Whatever they need the most, we need to send. Aid to Ukraine. Amen. We need to send aid to Ukraine. We don't want to send them money. We want to send them what they need the most. Attack them, F-16s, whatever they need to hold the line. No people, the weapon systems. And then the border, our border, our national security. And we need to send what matters the most. And what matters the most is a 900-mile wall that is fully authorized. And there's language you have to include that says, notwithstanding any other law, nor treaty with a sovereign nation or an Indian tribe, this law will, this wall will be built on this line with this money this year. You need an authorization and an appropriation. Now, there are many other things that Ukraine, Israel, and America needs in their respective war, war, and border fight. There's a long list of things that they need. The most important thing that they need, I believe, in Israel is ammo. I believe in Ukraine is attackums and maybe F-16s. And I know in the United States it is a 900-mile border wall. I will oppose any package, and I hope you all oppose any package, that excludes the most important things for any of these three things, including the 900-mile border wall. Now, last night, a deal surfaced in Politico, and I've been working the phones on this. I don't, I don't like to get in fights. I have been doing this for a long time on the border. My first book on the border was in 2004. I am considered a border moderate. I want a long, strong wall. I want a big border patrol. I want detention facilities, lots of immigration judges, and I want changes to the asylum law, and I want merit-based immigration, legal immigration. I also don't want to go around throwing out most of the 20 million illegal aliens in America. And I say 20 because it was 12 three years ago, and I've been able to count by press release 8 million encountered illegal aliens coming to the United States under Joe Biden it's probably far more than 20. But vis-a-vis the 20 million that are here, I'm in favor of a very flexible regularization system that allows them to stay, not that allows them to become citizens. If you enter the country illegally, I've always believed, since I became a lawyer, that if you break the law to enter the United States, you never get to be a citizen. Your child born in the United States, they are a citizen. But as to what we need to stop Eight million people coming over three years and stop it now. You need to announce the beginning of and show every single day construction on and completion towards the 900 mile fence. That is because it's the signal, not the noise. Everything else is noise. We are communicating with people considering gathering up all the assets that their family have and giving it to coyotes in Mexico or Venezuela or further south or in Africa or China or wherever they begin because it's 
25 countries of its one. Most immigration is coming from Central America, but it's from around the world. People consider taking all the money they've got in the world to get one person to America. And that one person is full of grit. And, and I admire most of them. Of the 8 million who've crossed in the United States, I assume it's a bell curve that 90% of them are wonderful, hardworking people that will renew, inspire, and grow the country. They shouldn't be able to vote. They've entered illegally. I don't think you have to make them go back. You have to do some, do some vetting. But 10% of them are going to be the worst 10%, and 1% are going to be evil. So those 8 million people, okay, 10% for the Steeler fans, 80, 800,000, 1%, 80,000 terrible people entered the country last year. That's just math. And I understand on CNN that might get you cut off, but that's just math. And the president is talking about the fact that people like the Sandinistas in Nicaragua are not sending us their best. They hate us. They loathe us. They're not sending us our best. And we have cartels and we have fentanyl. We have a border problem, and it begins to be fixed with a border wall. So the number of Congress is 224. 321. What is it, Twain? Two two four three one two one. That's the three, Senate yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, but but say the whole number again. Two zero two 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 four three one two one. That's the Senate side. That's all we care about. Two zero two 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 four three one two one. Right. Call your Republican senator. Tell them no fence, no wall, no deal. Because Mike Johnson is taking heat. The Speaker of the House is taking heat from the Senate. And I've got a bunch of quotes from people I like, like Shelley Moore Capitale, who I think is a fine, fine senator. Don't shut the door. We've got to work to find solutions. There's a giant problem with thousands of people coming into the country every day. She's right. The solution is the wall. The Democrats don't want to give the wall. I understand that. Tell them no deal. No deal. The leverage, they're getting killed. The country is with us. The country is 100% with us. The country is with Donald Trump. All three of our leading candidates for President Trump, Haley, DeSantis, want the wall. Every Republican activist I talk to wants the wall. Every Republican elected official I talk to say it'd be nice to get the wall. And so then we get a negotiated package that says, sorry, we can't ask for the wall. They won't give it to us. Then don't give them anything. Don't give them Israel aid, Ukraine aid, or pretend fixes. Oh, but we're getting important stuff on the, on, on the border. Not, not important enough. Israel gets what it needs the most. Ukraine gets what it needs the most. And the United States must get what it needs the most. Leader McConnell, don't let them do this. Senator Thune, don't let them do this. John Cornyn, don't let them do this. John Barrasso, don't let them do this. Do not let the Senate Republican caucus do a terrible deal. Don't do it. It's got to have 900, 900 miles of wall authorized and appropriated or we get crushed. Rightly so. Because if we can't do our job for our own national security, how can we protect Israel and Ukraine? Stay tuned. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Welcome back, America. Good morning to you. I'm Hugh Hewitt. I'm in the ReliefFactor.com studio, and I'm focused like a laser on New Hampshire. And I know my affiliates up there, WGAN AM 560 in Maine, on the FM side, 98.5. I know you're focused on it. Grace Curley is probably going to be focused on it today. Howie Carr. I also have WKBK 94.1. In um, Keene, 1920 in Keene, and AM, WFEA in Manchester, 1370, 99.9. I know you're all focused like a laser on this, and the whole country is, and it must be a pain in the neck. 
I mean, just getting a cup of coffee must be a pain. There are more reporters and people in New Hampshire. I was up there in 2016 for the New Hampshire primary, and I thought, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. But you're used to it, and I'm glad to talk to you. Uh, you have a very important choice to make. I do think the Ted Cruz endorsement matters. I expect more endorsements for former President Trump this week. I don't know if any anything is left in the tank for Ambassador Haley or Governor DeSantis. We will see. Governor Sununu is a formidable political machine working on behalf of Ambassador Haley. The race is not over. It's just Donald Trump took a huge step forward. Other news yesterday that I want to get to before I come back to this border deal and why we must have the border wall and why you need to call 202-224-3121 and ask for your senator and tell them no deal, no wall, no Israel aid, no Ukraine aid, no border aid, unless there's a real deal for America in there, the wall. Terror cell that was planning an imminent attack in the West Bank was blown up this morning in Israel because they're not messing around anymore. You get close to anything. They're not going to let you plan. You can't get the card table out and the drawing. They're going to blow you up. Israel wars in Gaza enters its most perilous phase yet, according to the Wall Street Journal, and that's absolutely true. There is a story in the Times of Israel, which I posted on my ex account, Hugh Hewitt, about the the Gaza tunnel network. It is at least 350 miles long. 350 miles long. I have occasion to drive from L.A. to San Diego this month and next on grandchildren business. And that's about a 150-mile round trip, point A to point B. So I have to make that round trip twice, and I haven't even finished the Gaza tunnel system. It's going to take a very long time to blow that up. Meanwhile, the Iranian strike in Iraq was accompanied by one in Pakistan, and the region is on edge. We are so close to war. I think Iran wants a war. And we've got, we lost two seals in the waters off of the Red Sea. And our prayers are with the seal community and their family. Uh, My first question is, why didn't we blow up the boat? Why did we have to board the boat? But that is for Special Operations Pentagon and the Biden White House to figure out. Uh, Political stories from the Financial Times. Donald Trump's win in Iowa shows his appeal is expanding beyond his base. You think? A majority in Iowa? I've never seen it before. It's going to take an extraordinary... This is why I do not understand there's an open invitation to Nikki Haley to be on this show, like... 24-7, 24-7, ditto Ron DeSantis and, and President Trump. Ron DeSantis isn't really fighting in New Hampshire. He's fighting in South Carolina, but he's welcome on the program. Uh, President Trump has got the front runner, put my head back, why would I do anything? I do not know why Nikki Haley is not living on this show. And I sent email to all of her comm people, and I know that she's looking for independence and she's looking for Democrats, but they listen to the show, too. I'm, I'm the center-right guy. I'm the news guy. I just I don't understand it. Uh, they're, they're campaigning up there, but ABC canceled its debate because Nikki Haley said she didn't want to do it. Uh, the former ambassador of the U.N. said that she is a, quote, stone's throw from Trump in New Hampshire. That might be true. Closing that stone's throw would require WKBK 94.1 and uh, 1920 in Keene. It would take WFEA Manchester, 1370 and 99.9 in, in Manchester, New Hampshire. 
Those are two big cities that would take all of northern New Hampshire, which is hard to reach. That's why I love Portland's WGAN. News Radio WGAN over on 560 AM 98.5. Good morning, friends. And they're going to work. Some of you, I mean, I, I have heard from my brother-in-law, who stays up there year-round, that men took a good kicking, and there are lots of people working on stuff around Maine. God bless you and keep you in your labors. Stay tuned. I'm coming back. I got to talk to you more about this border deal. This is the worst thing I think I've seen the Republicans propose since the last border deal. They can't do this. It's so self-destructive. I'll be right back. I'm Hugh Hewitt. How can you be as nice as me? You're not from the same slice as me. Where do we go? Welcome back, America. It's Hugh Hewitt. I want to talk for a moment about the... The deal that is going to be sent from the Senate to the House. Now, there are two deals. One has to do with spending, and it's the continuing resolution for the rest of the year. It's in two parts, and that's what has Speaker Johnson fighting with the Freedom Caucus. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the crucial three-legged deal, aid for Israel, aid for Ukraine, aid for America's border. Three foreign policy crises, and they are crises. We have, to help, we have to help Israel, we have to help Ukraine, and we have to help ourselves. Now, we've had 8 million people enter the United States illegally over the southwestern border in the last three years. And it's become, and that's what we know about. That's 8 million encounters. Now, I, I specifically believe you can add a factor of 50% to that, but I, I don't have a number, so I can't say 12 million I'm sticking with 8 million. Go to 9 million. There were already 11 million people here by common agreement in 2020, that the language of that campaign. So we have 20 million people in the United States who entered illegally. They are not the problem. The problem is the open border. The immediate pressing problem is the uh, open border. The next 3 million, and it will be 3 million this year because everybody knows Joe Biden is infirm and isn't going to win. He's going to lose to Donald Trump or Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. And so the word is going out. The signal is going out. The only way to stop this flow is to send a very loud signal that the border is closed. How do you do that? You build the fence. You say in this bill, we are authorizing 900 miles of fence, of which X have already been built. And I don't want to get into the map. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care if it's 50 miles, 500 miles. There are 900 miles of 2,000 miles that are passable. It is not a panacea. It does not stop 100% of illegal immigration. It cuts it down to a load that is manageable by the Border Patrol on the border. Part two of this bill ought to be, we're building the fence. Here's the money. Here's the bricks. Here's the authorization to override the National Environmental Policy Act, the Clean Water Act, the Clean Air Act, the Endangered Species Act, and any tribe with a uh, any sovereign entity, Mexico, or Indian tribe that has a treaty with us governing the border, we are breaking that vis-a-vis this law. We are authorizing and appropriating. We authorize you to do this. We're appropriating the money, and we have a time frame, and we want it done now. And the Democrats don't want to do that. I have, there are a lot of reasons they don't want to do that, primarily domestic political. I'm not a believer in the Great Replacement Theory. I am a believer that the left wing doesn't want to upset anybody that they think is an oppressed person. And if you're a migrant, life has not been good to you, and you are a part of the oppressed as opposed to the oppressors, 
and therefore they we shouldn't build a wall. I think that's nuts. It's national suicide. We've got to have borders. So we've got to have this in the bill. And it's got to be in there. It, it's a must-have. If not, it should be defeated. There are other things that can kill the bill. I remember there have been three big ones. There have been McCain, Cornyn, and Rubio. And three smart guys on the on the border. They've tried three times. Lindsey Graham is usually around this. Three times they throw up their hands. Why did we lose? And it's three times because they did not talk to people in their own party. Uh, and I'm not talking about Freedom Caucus. I'm talking about center of the road people. I'm going to talk with David Joyce of House Appropriations. He's a Warren, Ohio guy. Uh, we need to keep the government open and we need to build the fence. And we can't take, oh, but, but look over here. Look at this basket of goods I've got for you. here. No, it's the fence. It's the wall. That's what we need. We need the wall, more Border Patrol, better paid Border Patrol, and a huge expansion of detention facilities at the border, along with an influx of administrative law judges to dispose of the cases and changes in law to allow it and remain in Mexico. There's a bunch of stuff, but we have to secure the southern border. It is a national security. It's not an assimilation problem. We need a lot of these people. It will be good for America. It will be great for America over 30 years that we have these 20 million people. If we can sort out the 1% that are terrible, and if we stop the flow so that we can manage the assimilation. We also have to distribute these people across the United States. I got a story as I said, one of my uh, very favorite affiliates is WGAN in Maine. Uh, because I spend nearly half the year in Maine in the fall and the spring. And my brother-in-law lives up there. and I just love it. And I got a story from Brunswick this week that Brunswick is building 60 new apartment units in five buildings. 24 of them are already complete. These units are designed to house asylum seekers waiting to receive work permits. The program is happening through the Maine State Housing Authority. Maine will pay the rent for these asylum seekers for two years. Maine budgeted $3.5 million to provide apartment units for the illegal aliens, as the state expects the migrants to gain the means to pay housing costs through state support and guidance. The state will also give $100,000 to illegal immigrants for a year's worth of asylum applications and work authorization assistance. I'm not opposed to any of that. I'm not. Uh, I see we have a very large Somali population in Portland, Maine. I see them every summer. Hardworking folks. Usually, if you're grabbing an Uber at Portland International Jetport, you're going to have a Somali American or a Somali driving you, usually. They work all night long. They work. They're first-generation immigrants. They work. And as I say... If you take an immigrant bell curve of people entered the country legally or illegally or through asylum, you're going to get 90% of them are great, and 10% of them aren't great, and 1% of them are terrible. But I am not a not welcoming person. I want a regularization program. But we can't do something and not build the wall. And I read the story in Politico last night, and I sat up in bed, and I call these senators all the time. Off the record, I'm not going to talk to you who I talk to, and I say, don't do this. Don't do this. I don't want to do this. I, the, the whole base will explode. You will lose Senate races in Pennsylvania and Ohio. You will lose Senate races in Montana and Arizona. And, and I don't think you can lose West Virginia. My friends in West Virginia, you're going to vote for Governor Justice. I know that. Uh, it's possible that you could lose. Uh, you will lose Arizona. Kerry Lake can win. Kerry Lake is turning into a very good candidate. Tim Shee can win in Montana. Any of the three candidates in Ohio can win. 
Dave McCormick can win in Pennsylvania. It's possible we can win in Nevada. There are at least six seats that can be won. Not with this. Not if you abandon the border wall. If you abandon the border wall, why be a Republican? If you, you know, I, I want to be a Republican for a strong defense. I want to defend the Constitution. I want to defend the border. I want to defend our allies. I want to do all that stuff. But if we're not going to defend the border, why bother doing this? Why show up? You're not going to defend school choice. Why show There are some hardcore key things. One of those is the border wall. And it's been the border wall for 20 years. Now, people on my right worry about amnesty and regularization. That's not it. That's not it. Everybody you look at, every single person you look at who's not a Native American is regularized. We can handle, we need people. There aren't enough welders in Wisconsin. Here's my favorite example of the day. Uh, if you're a welder, get up to Green Bay and go see if you can get a job building our, our new frigate, our Constellation frigate. Work for that shipyard. It, you'll be working there for 40 years. We need people to work who are craftsmen. We need babies. We are not a large country. Intellectual property comes from the head. We have great universities. We have to fill them up with Americans, not visa-bearing students who are going to take it back to China. We need good people. We need a working system. And the system we have, which is an open door, and then we ship them off to New York and Chicago. And I've seen it. I've been in New York. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. I, I just read you the story from Portland, Maine, from WGAN, uh, Brunswick. You know, I'm sure the people in Maine are wondering, huh? I don't get an apartment for two years. Why? Why am? Why is this happening? And they're expecting federal money. You can't. Give, you can't give this issue away. There is a confluence of events. Three things must happen: aid to Israel must happen, aid to Ukraine must happen, and the border wall must get built. And I talk to senators, and they say aid to Israel must happen, Ukraine aid must happen, and we have to fix some rules on immigration law. No. No, the signal is the wall. Build the wall. Don't vote for someone who won't build the wall. Don't support a senator who won't support building the wall. Do not accept double talk. It is this easy. And if the Democrats say no, then Israel's going to have to hold on with emergency supplies, ditto Ukraine, and we're not doing a big bill until 2025, and we're running on the wall. It's an 80% or 90% issue. You don't give those away to get a tweak in the law here. And I'll tell you exactly what has happened. It happens every time. So-called expert staff tell their members, this is what we can get done. And they get, and I did this throughout the Reagan years. Right? I, I sat down on the PATCO employees on the combined federal campaign with Steny Hoyer's staff in those days, and staff gets wrapped up in a bubble and they get moving. They got to get a bill done. Their boss wants a bill and they want to claim victory and they work hard on it. And the staff goes back and forth and the senators drop in on meeting and a special interest group comes by and they have another meeting and they think that they're getting to a solution and they're not listening. So I'm telling you, listen to me. I do this. I've been doing this since 1990. I talk to Republicans. They are not racist. They are not anti-immigrant. They're not anti-regularization. They must have a border wall. I used to say a long, strong, double-sided fence. 
Now it's the wall. It's got to be repaired. It is not complete. It is not a panacea. It is the signal through the noise, and it stops a lot of the immigration. Please, 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 senators, do not bring up a bill that I have to tell people every day. Call 202-224-3121 and stop this bill. Because I will, and everyone else will, the world will come down on your head. And the Republicans will lose the momentum that they have. Mary Catherine Ham joins me next. I'll ask her what she thinks about this deal and about Nikki not debating or showing up. I don't get it. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Stay tuned. Well, thanks for that, Jeff. Actually, if you think about it, you go back to September of 2022, how was the border being treated? It was not a front burner issue. The, the, the problem was Back America, real. that was Ron DeSantis last night getting a border question, not surprisingly, from a town hall on CNN. I'm joined by Mary Catherine Ham. She, the co-host of Getting Hammered. You can follow her on Twitter at NK Hammer. Good morning, Mary Catherine. How are you? Good morning. I'm all right. Uh, Mary Catherine, last night a story leaked in Politico that the Senate Republicans are going to bring forward an immigration deal along with the Israel and Ukraine aid that does not have a border fence in it. It's going to have a tweak here and a tweak there on asylum and on refugee, and, but no border wall. And I've checked with a couple of senators, and indeed there's no border wall. The only thing the Republican front three runners agree on, and about 90% of Republicans, is that we need a border wall. Why would the Senate Republicans do that? Uh, well, one if I'm being charitable, because Republicans in general don't have much leverage, but also there's a lot of Democrats who would be fine with border wall policies. Yes. Democratic voters, certainly. Uh, so it's not like it's some radioactive thing. So why wouldn't you throw at least like, look, I don't believe anything they do mostly when they're crafting bills, right? You're going to tell me you're going to build something. I'm not sure I believe you. However, a faint would be nice. You could throw a little segment in there and tell us you're going to do it. Uh, and it would make things much more palatable once you get to the House, which is a very, very, very slim margin. Well, they, they won't work. It's, it's a loser, and they will give the issue away. I mean, if Democrats say yeah. we won't build the wall, then we run in the fall on the wall, and we say there are 2,000 miles of border, 900 of them need a wall. We're going to be very nice to the 30, 20 to 30 million people who are here. We're going to sort it out. We're going to fix it. We'll get border facilities. But we need the wall because it's the signal. It's the visible expression of an invisible resolve. And I'm a wet, right? I'm a I'm a border moderate. I assume you are as well. I don't know. <laughs> no, me too. They have they have radicalized me. I used to be much more moderate. Um, and th these policies are just so out of control and communicating that you're out of control. Uh, as a presidential administration, particularly uh, to a particular voter demographic, I keep talking about suburban women is not something that makes them feel good. So communicating in this time when, by the way, people are more friendly to border restrictions than they've been in years. Let's try something, guys. Well, this is, and, when, and when they tell me they don't have leverage, Mary Catherine, I, I want to play poker with them. It's like they're sitting there with a royal flush of leverage and they're saying, we don't have any leverage. I'm going to I'm not going to see your raise. They, they don't know how to do this. Uh, let me let me turn to this. Uh, David Urban just posted the latest New Hampshire poll. Donald Trump, 50 percent. Nikki Haley, 34 percent. Ron DeSantis, 5 percent. Nikki Haley canceled the debate with ABC because she didn't want to be on the stage. John Podhortz tore his hair out. Can't understand why. She, and she won't appear on the radio. She's not she she's doing CBS this morning. 
What is up with this campaign? I'm not sure because those both seem like places she would shine, right? A, a debate stage is where she's earned all that momentum uh, with good reason. Like she performs well almost all the time, uh, particularly in opposition to someone who's coming at her. So that's like a perfect place for her. If it were me, which it is not, thank goodness, uh, I would do that debate. Uh, I would be doing nonstop. As I recall, you did the New Hampshire debate with ABC eight years ago, did you not? I did. Yep, that's correct. So if they had ABC and Mary Catherine Hamm, Rhonda Sanders and Nikki Haley, that would help Nikki Haley. I don't understand it. Seems like it. It seems strange. All right, I haven't heard that. Ted Cruz endorsed Donald Trump last night on Sean Hannity, and he dropped his new podcast verdict with Ben Ferguson this morning explaining his endorsement. I think that's actually significant. What do you think? I'm not sure that I'm super surprised. I feel like after Marco Rubio being a little bit of a counterintuitive story, this one doesn't feel uh, surprising to me, but perhaps it matters. I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of this is, uh, the, I'm going to say the establishment, but you know what I'm saying? Elected Republicans sort of falling into line for what, who will likely be the party's candidate. Um, and it matters, but how much does it, how much does it matter on a day-to-day basis? I'm not sure. I think it's a momentum killer for the other side. Uh, and that Senator Cruz being a conservative conservatives up for reelection does not want to be opposite yeah. Trump. And I expect all this week and, There will be more Republican congressmen and senators. And then the week before, I guess South Carolina is February uh, 24th. So we have a month of endorsements coming. Mary Catherine, your overall assessment, what did Iowa teach you? Uh, I think it taught me, look, I know there's a lot of discussion. You know, I'm not predisposed to like uh, President Trump, right? So I'm skeptical. I have one of those suburban women that's hard for him to to win their votes. Um, so I'm arguing against interest here. But a lot of people are saying 50 percent is a, is not a great showing. But like this is a real contested primary. And in that primary, he looked more like an incumbent than I expected him to look. It looked more like people were saying resounding. No, this is the guy we want. It's 98 of 98, 99 counties. That seems like a pretty important move for me. Mary Catherine, quickly at the end at his acceptance speech, which was censored by CNN and MSNBC, he was easygoing, avuncular Donald Trump like he was on the Fox News thing. Do you think that wins for him as opposed to fiery, white-hot rally Donald Trump? I think it's better. As always, the question is how long can he keep the lid on his id, and it is not very long. Mary Catherine Ham from Getting Hammered, thank you. You're not past that bill, Senators. Don't do it. Don't be stupid. Build the wall. I'll be back. It's you, Hewitt. Morning, Glory America. Bonjour, hi, Canada. I'm busy putting up on X. Do not take this deal, Senator or Speaker Mike Johnson, and don't offer it Senate GOP. No 900-mile wall, no deal, period. This deal is malpractice. Mistaking a pile of promises and words for the single thing the GOP wants and must have, which is the wall. What am I referring to? Welcome. Good morning. It is the Wednesday before the New Hampshire primary. We have got lots of coverage from New Hampshire. To all of my listeners on WGAN out of Portland, AM 560 and FM 98.5 on News Radio WGAN. All my listeners on WKBK 94.1, 920, uh, 1290 in Keene, WKBK. And to my friends in Manchester, WFEA, 
Manchester, 1370 AM, 99.9. I'm there for you. I realize what you've done. I appreciate you. I, I drive through New Hampshire often from the spring to the fall. I live up in Maine, and I come through, and I, I go to your events. I know your chair people. I love talking to you. I love going to them. Uh, I know why you're so invested. You are the first line of citizen participation. It's not a caucus. It's a genuine, honest-to-goodness primary. You vote all day long. And turnout, I don't know what the weather is going to be like. You will turn out. Independents can vote in the Republican primary. Democrats could re-register. It'll be big. The latest poll this morning has former President Trump at 50%, Nikki Haley at 35%, Ron DeSantis at 5 Vivek has dropped out. And Nikki Haley has dropped the debate that she was going to have with Ron DeSantis, which is a mistake, and she's not here. I don't know why she's not here. There's very few radio shows in New Hampshire that cover the entire state. Grace Curley, Howie Carr, and me. That's it. Grace Curley is wonderful. I hope she's on Grace Curley today. Howie Carr is a legend. One of the, I mean, Howie goes back as long as I do. We all got started in 1990. Only Rush got started in 1989. I've had the longest continually running syndicated show in America. Because I do NPR for the center right. I'm a normal person and I do normal news and people like normal news in the morning and they like to be entertained. And they're mostly at heart Browns fans and they don't know it. And they're Guardians fans and Cavaliers fans and The Ohio State University fans. So I'm holding in my hand a story that came out at 7.10 p.m. yesterday. 7.10 p.m. yesterday. Now, mind you, I do not just pick up issues. I do not just say, oh, well, I'll decide to be an expert on on X, Y, and Z today, because I know what I don't know. I practiced law for 35 years. If you're one of my new listeners, I know what I don't know. I sit around with Brian the Banker in Maine or uh, Two Speeds Tony, or I, or I, or I sit around with, with my buddies, uh, uh, George at the hunting range. You know, all, all the stuff they do, and I do not talk about what I don't know about. But I know about the border. I've gone back and forth across the border dozens of times. When I lived in Southern California, my church ran a, a mission to an orphanage down there. Uh, just saw Bud, the contractor, just back from Mexico where they're building 50 churches. I know the California border. I know Doug Ducey. I know the folks in Arizona. I know a little bit about the New Mexico border. I know a lot about the Texas border. I know a lot about the border. I know how hard it is to patrol the border. I know that it's 2,000 miles long and that there are 900 miles that are passable on foot. I know that 90% of fentanyl in the United States doesn't enter illegally that we know of. It enters, it's 90% of the fentanyl we seize, we seize at legal ports of entry. Now, that doesn't mean that's 90% of the fentanyl coming in the United States, because we're not seizing what's coming in the other ways. It just means we have a huge problem at legal ports of entry. We have a huge problem with the asylum rules. We have a huge problem with the refugee rules. We have a huge problem with work permits. We have a huge understaffing of administrative law judges. We do not have enough Border Patrol. We do not have enough Border Patrol detention facilities. It can all be fixed. None of it matters if you don't build the wall. If you don't build the signal, these poor people, and they are poor, P-O-O-R, they are the loss and the least, and Christians at least owe them charity and kindness when we run into them and an opportunity. Doesn't mean we don't have a border because you can't run a country without a border. 
and 165 people on the terrorist watch list were arrested last year, and those are the known people that we encountered. You have to have a border. The entire world has figured out how to get here. They're like, go to America stations in the Sudan. China's got a little operation in Macau. Want to go to America? We'll send you through the Darien Gap. Give us your $10,000 here. And in Central America, the same thing. People want to get here for a reason. It's a great place. It's the best place in the world. I read to you last hour in Maine. They're building 30 units of apartments um, in Maine for asylum seekers. And that's good. I'm not against that. Um, the It's in Brunswick. And when I, when I saw that and I sent it off to the family. Everyone said, well, that's Maine. Maine builds rent-free apartments for illegal migrants paid for by American taxpayers. And they're doing it at the Brunswick Air Station, which is closed. Maine is going to put in $3.5 million, and they're going to provide another 100000 to help 4,200 residents living on streets, some of whom are Immigrants, illegal immigrants, and these 60 units are for illegal immigrants. I'm not against that. I'm for everything. But nothing matters if you don't stop. You can't, you can't deal with another 8 million people under Joe, Joe, Joe Biden. 8 million encounters that we know of. You can't do it. So when I read this story in Politico, Speaker Mike Johnson of the House is publicly and privately panning the Senate's ongoing border and immigration negotiations. Senate Republicans are reminding him it's the best deal he'll ever get. No, it is not. It is the best deal that Senate Republicans apparently can negotiate because they cannot play poker. There's a reason immigration bills don't go anywhere in Congress, according to the uh, Burgess Everett story in Politico. They're big. They're complicated. They tick off each other, part, each party's base. At the moment, the Senate is making a clear recommendation to its House counterpart who are quite in tune with that base. If we get a deal, take the win. Quote, we've got a giant problem, thousands of people coming every day. So we've got to work to find solutions. I wouldn't shut the door. Shelley Moore Capita, one of my favorite senators, very smart. Don't shut the door. Demand that it be fixed. Do not accept a hamburger on Saturday, two hamburgers on Saturday for a Saturday today, a Popeye reference that will confuse many of you. Don't do it. Say to the Democrats, we need to get aid to Israel. We need to get aid to Ukraine. Your states need money because you have those crazy sanctuary cities and you're paying through the nose in in Massachusetts and Illinois. We'll give you the money. We have got to have 900 miles of border wall built, authorized, appropriated in 2024. And we need a border patrol increase. And we need a vast expansion of detention facilities. And we need these changes in laws. And we're not talking to you otherwise. We're running on it. Because all of America has seen, everybody knows, it's an 80% issue. We can't do this. We can't. And everybody knows that. So if the Senate GOP does not know that they have leverage, they've got to wake up to it. You've got to call them and say, no deal, no wall. No wall, no deal. 202-221-3121. They've got good people negotiating, smart people negotiating. 
I have talked to the senators. I have told them again and again, the moderates will kill this deal. Not the hardliners. The hardliners, I don't know what the hardliners want. They want a deportation. I'm not, I'm not one of those. I just want the wall. I've wanted the wall since 2004 when I wrote the book, If It's Not Close, They Can't Cheat. When I wrote the book in 2006, painting the map red. I said, build the wall. The visible expression of the invisible resolve to control our southern border. I know there are tunnels. I know there are ladders. I know people can go around the edge. I know that some Indian tribes don't want the wall. You pass overriding authority in the bill. Democrats don't want the wall. Tell the Democrats, no deal. Not going to do it. And, and Speaker Johnson, you are on strong ground. Stand your ground. You are right. Do not fold. Do not fold. Call up the Senate, 202-221-3121. Ask for your senator. Tell them no wall, no deal. No 900-wall, mile wall, no deal. 202-221-3121. I'll be right back. Your phone calls are next on the Hugh Hewitt Show. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The latest poll is um, out this morning in New Hampshire. Trump. 50%, 50%, Haley, 34%, Ron DeSantis, 5%. I do not know where Nikki Haley is. SOS, Nikki Haley, you're welcome to call in. Ron DeSantis, you're welcome to call in. I'm covering all of New Hampshire. WKBK 94.1, in Keene. WFEA Manchester 1370, 99.9 in Manchester. All of northern New Hampshire. All, it's hard to get there around northern New Hampshire from Portsmouth. All the, it's, there's lots of little houses up there. Little towns. The mighty WGAN, AM 560 and FM 98.5 out of Portland. I'm there. You ought to be on the phone to Grace Curley. You ought to be on the phone to Howie Carr. People who vote work with their hands. They drive in their cars. I was up there. Guy was working on a plumbing issue because I'm not a plumber. And in the shower, listening to WGAN all day long. People who work listen to talk radio. They do not watch CBS Good Morning. I I don't understand it. Uh, I don't. Okay, but let's play for you what Donald Trump had to say at a New Hampshire rally last night, cut number 15. Nikki Haley supported a brutal 23% national sales tax, which is a disaster, by the way, why she did it. And that's why some people... Call her the Nikki New Tax. I don't, I don't think that's particularly good, but uh, she did support. She uh, wants a 23% national sales tax. So what, when, when Donald Trump goes for the throat in New Hampshire, you go for taxes because that's the no tax state, right? That's where they hate it. But he didn't stop there. Cut 19. Now for sort of the opposite, in my opinion. Uh, as you know, Nikki Haley in particular... <laughs> Is counting on the Democrats and liberals to infiltrate your Republican primary. You know that. The le- that's what's happening. You have a group of people coming in that are not Republicans, and uh, it's artificially boosting her numbers here, although we're still leading her by a lot. You know, uh, as you know, I watched her speech last night. I thought it was inappropriate, but because it's bad for Unity, it's bad for the party, what she said. But you'd almost think she won. She came in third, and she lost to not a particularly great candidate, obviously, as you've seen. She lost to somebody that uh, beat her by about two and a half points, Ronda Sanctimonious. So, so uh, 
I'll tell you, we have these two people. We really got to get back on to Biden and beating the Democrats and not wasting a lot of time with these two. Now we've got to go up to Nikki Haley talking with Gail King this morning, cut number 11. Look, Americans do want the truth, but they want the truth about the things they care about. They want the truth about why inflation is high and what we're going to do about it. They want the truth why about why only 31 percent of eighth graders in our country can read. And they want to know what we're going to do about it. They want the truth on why our border is open and what we're going to do to secure it once and for all. They want the truth on why we don't have law and order in this country anymore. And they want I want to point out to you. She's right. She said open border, by the way. Again, memo to Senate Republicans, do not send the House a bill without 900 wall, miles of wall. Nikki Haley, Donald Trump, the party wants that. They demand it. But Nikki Haley is talking to Gail King. She's not talking to you right now on this show in New Hampshire. And I, I, the rest of the country is listening from San Diego to, to Maine and from Florida to Alaska. I understand that. Can, Canada, Israel, I got listeners everywhere. But she's not talking to Mainers right now. She's not talking to New Hampshire Granite State voters right now about the open border. I, I, I am I am flabbergasted. Uh, cut number 12. But I will say that you've got 70 percent of Americans don't want to see a Trump Biden rematch. The majority of Americans disapprove of both Trump and Biden. If you look at the fact that both Trump and Biden put us trillions of dollars in debt that our kids are never going to forgive them for. And you look at the fact that they are. So All right. So keep talking, Nikki, but come here tomorrow. Governor Haley, come here. I think we have my home congressman, Representative David Joyce from Warren, Ohio. Joins me next. Stay tuned. Welcome back, America. Congressman David Joyce is, I like to call him my congressman because he lives in my hometown of Warren, Ohio. He represents my family in Warren, Ohio. He is a hardcore Browns fan. He's an Irish Catholic lawyer. About my age, he's a center-right, common-sense conservative, one of the best effective members of Congress on the Appropriations Committee. And he's a Browns fan. You know, they fired, Kevin Stefanski fired the entire offensive staff today. David, did you know that? No, I didn't see that yet. Uh, you, thanks for having me on. <laughs> How wild is that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think uh, they were that bad to fire everybody, but obviously he, he's got a different view of it. I mean, after the, the first pick six, I'm like, eh, we're still in the second pick six. It's like, oh, what other games are on today? <laughs> oh, boy, that was brutal. I had to have dinner last night. I got to talk to Gallagher tomorrow. That's going to be brutal. I had dinner last <laughs> night with one of my old in. law partners from Green Bay. That was brutal. At least the Steelers fans can't yell at us, but that was that was a brutal game. We thought we were going all the way, didn't we? Honestly, it finally had that energy back at home where everybody was barking the whoop 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 everywhere it went, and, and you knew it wasn't going to last long, but it was sure fun for a short ride. Now, uh, Congressman Joyce, I want to ask you about one hyper local story and then one very national story. Youngstown sure. State is going to go under the able leadership of Bill Johnson, and the left wing faculty there are trying to give him a hard time. He's not easily turned around, is he? No. I mean, Bill is committed to the point where uh, he put out something on uh, social media the other day. I was like, well, that sounds like a university president. (laughs) He's starting to adapt to the role. You know that Kent and Youngstown State matter a lot to your district and my home, and and I'm hoping that happens. I'm going to be in town for a couple of the Senate debates. I'm not sure we're doing any in Warren between uh, Bernie Marino, Matt Dolan, and Frank. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe I'll see you there. Uh, David Joyce, I want to talk to you about two things, the spending bill and the special bill. I want to start with the special bill. 
I am 100% with Speaker Johnson. Do not approve a special bill that has got no border wall in it. I want funding for Israel. I want funding for Ukraine. But if there is not 900 miles of wall appropriated and authorized, shoot it down. What does David Joyce think? Well, I've been following you, and I know your position on the border wall. And I don't know if I keep trying to push through to our guys that the House Appropriations Homeland Security Bill that I push through on a bipartisan basis tracks all the spending process and procedure of H.R. 2. For instance, there's $2.1 billion additional for border wall with a requirement that it has to be contracted within 120 days or they lose it. That's how you get this administration's yes. attention. Yes. And, and, the, and the Politico story says senators are calling up the speaker and saying, we'll never have more leverage than this. I, I, can't, I think they're just wrong, Congressman. I don't think we've ever had more leverage than this, and I don't think it'll get bigger. They've got to fix this problem. Absolutely. And, and you know, just to give an example of the other things that we've got in here, again, on a bipartisan basis, more border patrol agents. We're funding them at the highest levels ever. ICE cuts the operations at a level more than ever previously appropriated. We're putting the money, like I said, we're building the ball, ball, increasing the border technology, providing more ICE detention beds, and hiring more border patrol agents. And this will be the real policy changes that will force this administration's hand. I know our group is off on a tangent against Mayorkas, and Mayorkas is either incompetent or he's doing exactly what he's told. And I tend to think that he's doing exactly what he's told. So unless this administration changes its policies and procedures, you know, if you impeach him and you put somebody else in place, the same problem is going to be there and probably exacerbate it. Now, uh, Chairman Joyce is the chairman of the subcommittee on the interior. So that gives you on appropriations. That gives you the gavel on the border wall, right? I want people to understand well, you're the guy. Well, Homeland Security. I yeah. used to be interior. I moved over to Homeland Security. I mean, Homeland Security. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Yes. But you, you've got the border wall, right? That's your job. Correct. And you put all the money that they need. I put in there. I followed H.R. 2 to a T. And I'll be glad to show you the notes that lays out the H.R. 2 in our funding policies and procedures step by step. And I keep pushing the speaker, Johnson. Certainly McCarthy knew it, but it took McCarthy and I being on a flight together going out to Hawaii to see the disaster there uh, because I also have FEMA. And I, I pushed it over to him. I go, perhaps your staff hasn't got this to me. He said, this is great. Can you put this in note cards so I can get them out to everyone? And I did it. And I need Mike to get, or Speaker Johnson, to get to the same understanding that passing our Homeland Security Appropriations Bill is part of the 12 bills that we're going to do here at the end. will tie the hands of this administration in a way they've never been tied before. And, and, and it's because we've had bills about border walls before, and they authorize but do not appropriate. Or they appropriate a little without authorization to override things like NEPA, CEQA, uh, the Endangered Species Act, the Clean Water Act, the uh, Indian tribes have treaties. It's got to be authorized and appropriated. And David Joyce has done that. And you're my hero for that. Let's talk about the bigger spending bills because you're in the right place. Tell the speaker he the Senate cannot roll him. Uh, This will be a disaster if they do not deliver 900 miles of border wall. But talk to me about the bigger bill, the temporary funding. What do you see happening? You know, obviously there's needs for it. And uh, the supplemental that uh, if the uh, meeting today uh, results in an agreement, I, I want to carefully review the package before I make an informed decision. I've consistently supported Ukraine in the past, and my record shows that. And as you know, Northeast Ohio, we've got a lot of Ukrainians. You bet. I say the mass in Ukrainian. Uh, and I've been extremely committed to supporting one of our closest allies, Israel, during this terrific time. And you I'll bet. continue to stand by them. But we have strategic, uh, important commitments 
and priorities around the globe, we want to address the issues at home, like the border. And that's my main focus. Like I, from listening to your podcast, you've been on the same thing. We've got to address this problem here at all. It's all national security. Does the supplemental um, include authorization language in it to build the wall, or is it just tweaks here and there to the language? It's just more money. In my policy, I, I'm consistent that we do not need more money. We have the money in this bill to do it. We just need the will in the administration to come along and do what they're supposed to be doing. And that's the part I just don't get. I mean, they complain about it, but they don't do a damn thing about it. And we don't know who's coming into our country. And this has not changed during my tenure here in Homeland. And I just stand for the life of me to see how we change it without a change of administration. I, I don't either. And I don't know how we change without a wall. Uh, Congressman, how has illegal immigration impacted northeastern Ohio? I, I know how it's impacted Maine. I know how it's impacted Virginia. I know how it's impacted California. How's it impacted NEO? Well, everyone uh, you know gets spread around the country because obviously the people who come in here, they're looking to be housed and they want to work for the most part. And even finding those things here because you know one of the things that I also did in our I cut off all funding to these NGOs that were using their network and our funding to support this transfer of the illegal aliens throughout the country. And this is wrong. And uh, we have to find a better system in which these people are uh, reported and, and stop these people from it's not a humanitarian mission to, to continue to push illegals around the country. It's more of a humanitarian mission to find out who these people are and either send them back to where they came from or be able to, you know, if they have a lawful claim for asylum, help them process that claim. But what they're doing is not fair. Uh, Homeland Security, you must be aware. I When I did the NBC Salem debate for our Republican presidential candidates, I had the numbers. So I'm going to work from memory here. 165 arrests of people on the terror watch list at the border in fiscal year 23. Uh, in all of Trump's four years, there were eight. Uh, and so obviously bad guys are figuring out how to come across our southern border. Does that concern you, Congressman David Joyce? What concerns me even more so is those are the ones we know. The getaways, or the gotaways, as they call them, uh, the guys down there, border one. When I went down there, I took a, a lot of these guys, like Justin, out to lunch and just said, hey, tell me like it is. <laughs> I, I'm a guy who deals in facts. So give me the facts. Where, how can we fix this thing? And they were very straightforward with it. And that's the thing that scares them the most is, yeah, we're catching folks, but who are we catching? Who's out there? Who got into our country that we don't know of? And what are they doing when they're here? And that's the kind of organization and problem that uh, you, know, you hate to put it out there, but your show, obviously, your listeners are, are tuned to it. That that's the problem I think is the most scariest of what. Oh, my goodness. Something terrible is going to happen here. Uh, after, after 10-7, if people don't think that the terrorists want to do here what they did in Israel, they're nuts. And you study right. this every day, right? You and, you and Ken Calvert are my go-to guys on Homeland Security and National Security, and you study it every day. And Ken does a great job, and, and uh, I've been pushing with him to make sure that he gets the money that he needs for defense, and that we get the money that we need for homeland, and we just have to change uh, the way this country's doing business. And that's, I think, unfortunately, going to take a change of administration to actually accomplish our goals. Talk to me a little bit, if you can, in two minutes, Congressman, about the politics of 2024. I know Wisconsin's going to screw around with their districts, but we're also going to redraw districts in North Carolina. Democrats are going to pick up one in Louisiana. We're going to pick up one somewhere else. How do you feel about holding the House? It, 
depends on what those final things look like. Obviously, the Louisiana one puts two Republicans against each other and, and creates an African-American seat, which will probably go Democratic. And so those type of pivots uh, throughout the country are going to create more issues for us. Ohio, luckily, I think we finally settled on these districts. Uh, and I certainly am happy with mine. It, it follows the law that they passed in the state of Ohio that says you can't split a county more than twice and, I, and should shoot for, for whole counties and not mine, the five solid counties. Uh, and most of our districts are cut that way. The ones that get cut are, are your bigger counties, obviously, Cuyahoga, Cleveland, Franklin, Columbus, and Hamilton, which you think it. Uh, but for the most part, ours follows a logical manner, and I hope the rest of the country does the same thing and just look uh, – you know, looks at the people and the electorate and, and provides for the will of the people by creating districts that are fair. I, I know you've got Trumbull County. Do you have Ashtabula County as well? Yes, sir. All four of my grandparents, born, raised, died, buried there, so take care of Ashtabula as well. Congressman David Joyce, always a pleasure. Go Guardians, go Cavaliers. We have to turn the page, and we'll be back. We have to, we're very good at that. We're very, we're very good at turning the page. Take care, Congressman David Joyce. I, I, I really am very good at turning the page. Browns fans have to. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Olivia Beavers is with Politico. I've been talking about Politico all morning, Olivia. The Burgess Everett story on the supplemental that the Senate is insanely going to send to the House where it will be defeated. Uh, any additional reporting on... I mean, it's the dumbest bill I've ever heard of. They don't they don't fund the wall. It's just so stupid. Uh, what, what's any update on that? Well, first, I wanted to point out, I don't think Burgess reports that they don't have money for the wall. So that's you breaking some news, actually, on your show um, through your conversations with senators. But um, they are basically saying that Speaker Johnson is publicly and privately saying that this is a no-go for him. He's been sort of making HR2... His red line, I've talked to enough Republicans that they don't think that that's actually the hard line. That's just a negotiating tactic. But we're about to find out as soon as the Senate sends their deal because, you know, Republicans are pushing for the wall. And um, you might find a classic clash of the two chambers. I I just had David Joyce on. And David's my home congressman. He's from Warren, Ohio. He's a pal. After we got over moaning about the Browns losing. Uh, He tells me he's got $2 billion for wall construction and the authorization to proceed and get it done in 2024 in House 2. It's not in the supplemental. And so I think they had to send that back over to the Senate so fast. And I'm a moderate on the border, Olivia. Do you hear this from every Republican you talk to in the House? No border wall, no deal? Not every Republican. There will be some who will say their argument is for whatever um, immigration authorities say is the best technology or infrastructure in terms of deterring. In some areas, they'll say that would mean a wall. In some areas, it would be some sort of other form of deterrent. Um, But for the most part, I mean, you can see Republicans, even some of the centrists who are um, becoming very, very vocal about the border heading into the election, um, as including talking about imp- impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. So that's sort of a sign that the party is collectively coming together to believe this is a problem. As for how far they'll push, they're on slightly different levels in the Republican Party. You know, I, I want to point out to people the southwestern border from California to the Gulf of Mexico is 2000 miles long. The border wall proposed by Republicans is 900 miles long because 1,100 miles is impassable. And so it's not 
the Great Wall of China, and it's not anti-technology and it's pro-border patrol and detention facilities, but no wall, no deal. And I think that puts Israel and Ukraine funding at risk, which makes me crazy, but they're all national security issues. Olivia, I want to ask you, do you have latest numbers on how many terror watch list people have been arrested uh, in December and January? It was 165 in fiscal year 23, but we don't have November and December numbers yet. Not not off the top of my head. No, I, I don't think I've seen those. Um, but, you know, I know that that's becoming a growing problem. You were talking about the fentanyl crisis earlier on your show, and that's also something that's expanding. So we know that there is an element of crime. We know there's an element of, of drug and, and public health and safety, um, which is why the border is talked about. But the other element also is we're in a presidential election year, too. So if, you know, you see the Senate Republicans and the House Republicans duking it out, you're probably going to be having um, people who are campaigning like Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis weighing in, which might also add another element of complicating how this discussion goes. I think you're right. I, I think the Senate is going to blow up the 2024 campaign if they send this over without a wall. Let me close by asking you about your reaction. Ted Cruz endorsed Donald Trump this morning. I expect more congressmen and senators to endorse this week and then before South Carolina in an effort to make this over by 224. What do you hear about additional endorsements? I think they're expecting to see quite a few endorsements. And my colleague Burgess, who you mentioned earlier, we were asking <clears throat> we were asking Republicans this. Some were saying we want to wait to see how Iowa goes. So we know that that was sort of, um, you know, a green light for them after seeing Donald Trump um, exceed in the in the first caucus state. But um, I've also heard from Trump allies that some of them are actually kind of watching, engaging, maybe even keeping a list of who endorsed Donald Trump pre-Iowa and who's endorsing him post-Iowa in a sign of where their loyalty was and what the timing was like um, before it was, you know, the ball was rolling. And him that might be the case. The but when you talk about the pros like Susie Wiles and Chris LaCivita, they just want to win. They're not. They're not those people. They just want to win. They'll take the endorsements. I mean, they're more allies than his campaign infrastructure. <laughs> they're, you know, they like to keep alleys on that sort of thing. There are there's some intern somewhere with a Nixon's enemy list. It's not a good idea to ever keep an enemy's <laughs> list. It's good to keep a friend's list. Like Olivia Beavers is a friend of the show. Follow her on X on Twitter. Happy New Year to you, Olivia. It's always great to see you. I look forward to an exciting 2024. I appreciate your taking the time. Good morning to you. I, uh, I am coming back, America, and I'm going to continue to discuss with you and the United States Senate and their staff that is driving to work and the members of the House that no wall, no deal. All right. This is every 90 percent of Republicans, 80 percent of the country. No wall, no deal. Don't send it to the speaker. It's a nightmare. It's a it's political suicide. It's the dumbest thing I've seen Republican senators think about doing in a long time. I've seen them do a lot of dumb things before. Stand by, America. I'm Hugh Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400.
I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Morning, glory, America. Bonjour, hi, Canada. I'm Hugh Hewitt. 90% back from laryngitis. I hope by tomorrow it'll be 100%. It's New Hampshire week. It's a big week in New Hampshire. And I know that my affiliates up there that cover the entire Granite State, WFEA Manchester 1370 and 99.9, WKBK 94.1 and 1920 in Keene, and then the mighty 560 WGAN out of Portland, 98.5 out of Portland. We cover the whole state. And I appreciate everyone who is listening right now in New Hampshire. I appreciate what you do for the country. The first in the nation primary matters a lot. It is such an incredibly important exercise in real democracy. I loved going down to the town halls. I went down, saw Chris Christie, went down, saw Nikki Haley, went down, met the chairman of the party, drove around New Hampshire back and forth. Had Governor Sununu on a lot, complained about the the liquor stops because the bathrooms didn't work. But I, I like New Hampshire. I love New Hampshire. And I greatly respect that you're involved in the game. Harry and everybody else, people who call the show, I know you're involved in the game. I know you're out there working and walking, and I know you'll be door knocking all week, and it's cold, and it's going to be tough. It's been very, very rough winter up there. I know for my brother-in-law in Southern Maine. But I'm here to tell you thank you. I do not know where Nikki Haley is. I've invited her to be on. Former president thinks he's got it locked up. I'm not sure he's going to come on. I don't know that Governor DeSantis is competing, but I just do not understand why the ambassador is not here with a cot in the studio talking to New Hampshire people. It's like a a big town hall. Now, I'm also on in Florida and South Carolina and all the Super Tuesday states, so that makes sense, too. But when you've got 475 affiliates, you really, I don't know what you're doing on CBS Morning News and not on conservative talk radio, unless you're trying to win with Democrats, which is fine. Uh, We need Democrats in the fall, and they vote in New Hampshire, an independence vote, but Democrats can re-register. I think it's great to campaign for every vote in America on issues like border security, support for Israel, and support for Ukraine. But first, you have to ask the Republicans for their vote. It's the Republican nomination. And you have to go on places where Republicans listen and say, I know you're working right now. I know you're driving. I know you're toweling. I know you are cutting down wood in a cold place. I know you're putting up a roof that got blown off. I know you're working in a restaurant. I know you're on your way to a second shift. I know your kids are late for school or someone's home from sick. I know that. And I'm asking for your vote, conservative Republicans, center-right Republicans, moderate Republicans, independents, and yes, Democrats who like to hear a different point of view on the Hugh Hewitt show. And... My GAN, KBK, and FEA audiences, they know and they appreciate you. You're welcome to come here. Now, let me tell you what I've been talking about all morning. I went off last night. I spent yesterday talking to senators. 
Why? I spent the last week talking to senators. Why? Uh, They're smart. I'm friends with most of them. Some don't like me, but that's fine. And I get enough Christmas cards. But, you know, Rand Paul is not going to call me up and get my advice on the border wall. But most people in the Senate listen to me because I'm a center-right guy and I want a majority. I think Leader McConnell is the best leader the Republicans have had in my lifetime. The Supreme Court has been saved by Leader McConnell, and I am so appreciative of that and of holding the Scalia vacancy open after the untimely death of Justice Scalia. I'm appreciative of Senator Thune, who's the whip. I'm appreciative of Mike Barrasso, who's number three. I'm appreciative of Joni Ernst, who's number four, I think. I'm appreciative of John Cornyn, who's been the whip before. I like all these people. Senator Cotton's on every week. Mike Lee did a great thing this weekend, helping to get an American sailor paroled, uh, Lieutenant Alconis. I, I, I like Ted Cruz. They're all, I love them all. Shelley Moore Capito, Susan Collins, left to right. These are centrist Republicans. I, I love them all. I want to win. I want Tim Shee to win in Montana. I want Dave McCormick to win in Pennsylvania. We're going to win in West Virginia. I believe that we can win in Nevada. I know we can win in Ohio. I'm going to go not, uh, moderate some Senate debates there. But we cannot win the Senate, the House, or the presidency if we fold on the border wall. It is an 80-20 issue. If you pass a supplemental that has in it the necessary funding for Israel, and we have to get money to Israel. They need money. They need bullets. They need, they need weapons. We have emergency stockpiles. We're using emergency authority. That's good. We have to get weapons to Ukraine. They are fighting our enemy. Putin wants us dead. We do not want American troops there. We do not want Article 5 of NATO engaged when Putin goes into the Baltics or Poland. We want him stopped in Ukraine. We need that funding. We need the F-16s. We need the ATACMs. That's part two. And we need a border wall. A border wall. 900 miles of fully built border wall. I have said this again and again. I have been doing this issue. I have lived in Southern California since 1989. I went first went to Tijuana in 1978. I lived in California for 78 to 80 when I worked for Richard Nixon right out of college. You know, this is pretty nice. You drove across the border. You went down and you came back. It was before cartels, or at least cartels we were aware of. And then I've been going back and forth from 89 to 2016 when my church helped operate an orphanage there and build churches there. And we support a border church in San Diego, and we support a missionary who works in northern Mexico. And we believe greatly in Mexico, and I, I know the border pretty well in Arizona because Doug Ducey, the great former governor, and Mark Brnovich, the great former attorney general, and all the Congress people, I know them well. Carrie Lake is good on the border. At least a great border ad this week. We have to fix that. I know the Texas border by virtue of John Cornyn and Ted Cruz and a lot of great congressmen who have represented parts of the border. We do not need a wall on 2,000 miles of border. We need a wall on 900 miles of border to stop the getaways and to stop the caravans of fentanyl. Now, 90% of the fentanyl coming in the United States that we seize, we seize at ports of entry which is 
a big problem. We need better technology and we're doing a good job. But that doesn't mean fentanyl isn't coming in over the unguarded part of the border. It is. It doesn't mean that people without permission are coming just through the asylum entries. They are. And that we've got to fix that, too. And there are changes in the law that have to be made about remain in Mexico, about work permits, about refugee status, about asylum status. That's all good. But the big blinking signal that cuts through the noise is the wall. I used to call it a very tall, very long, double-sided wall with a road in between it so the Border Patrol can go back up and down it. It's what you need to signal people that it is not worth the money they're going to give to the coyotes. They're not going to get across the wall. And yes, you can create a hole in the wall. I've seen that. We can show you the video on the Salem News Channel. There are holes in the wall that have been built. People cut them. You have to repair the wall. See that? So that that's a reality. So there's one, two, three. That's not 10,000 people a day. And you send someone over with a welder, and you fix it. Then you add more to Border Patrol, and you add more detention facilities, and you hire a bunch of administrative law judges, Article One judges they're called, not Article Three judges, and you tell them, stay down there until you dispose of the backlog, and you do not release people on parole in the United States. There are 7 million on parole. There are 30 million illegals. You have to fix this. And if the Senate Republicans send to the House a bad bill without a border wall, they are blowing the election. They are blowing the policy. Most importantly, they are blowing the national security of the United States. They are endangering the security we need for Israel and Ukraine. Stop it. I do not know who is persuaded. Democrats say, oh, we're not going to do that. To which you ought to say, OK, see ya. Talk to you at the polls. We're going to run on you're not building the wall. We wanted to give money to Israel. We wanted to give money to Ukraine. We wanted to build the wall. And you said, no, we're going to run on that. And the Republicans will win on that. Walk away from a bad deal. Don't tell me it's the best deal you can get. I don't think you know how to negotiate with the Democrats. I think they're better at this than you, except for Leader McConnell and his leadership team. And he wants to get, because he knows how important it is, Ukraine aid, and I do too. But I know that this is the moment at which you break the party in two. Don't do it. I've done this three times. I've seen senators break the party in two three times in the 25 years of this radio show. Don't do it again. Send the 900 walls over, authorized and appropriated for, in the package, or don't send the package. I'm Hugh Hewitt. I'll be right back. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt in the ReliefFactor.com studio. Generalissimo, uh, you are a client of MyPhDWeightLoss.com, a sponsor of our show. Indeed. Yesterday we were talking about the pill, which a lot of people are using. Good for them. So I went online yesterday. I did my research. You know what the pill costs? A lot of money. Well, I mean, I've got the numbers. Only $297 a month uh, is one. Another person says $1,000 a month, and insurance does not cover it. Right. So I, I, I want people to understand, if they lose weight that way, great. Keeping it off is going to be one expensive proposition. Well, yeah, because you're, 
you're by definition needing to be hooked on that pill, right? Yeah, because if you're off the pill, there's no underlying reason for you to stay at the weight you're now at. Now, MyPhDWeightLoss.com charges you. They give you a plan. They have a nutritionist. Right. But it ain't $1,000 a month, is it? It's not $1,000 a month. It's nowhere near that. Once you lose the weight, then it is a maintenance program that you shift to. And basically, it's just a loose follow-up where they they just kind of keep in touch with it and make sure that you have learned how food works on you and how not to, to gain the weight back. And, and they don't use behavioral modification shock pads, right? They don't shock you when you go to the refrigerator? No, absolutely not. Okay, just checking. I'd... Because I really don't know how you lost 50 pounds, because you were, you were a Del Taco guy. I was a Del Taco guy. I was a carb guy. Uh, you basically learn to do with a lot less carbs and a lot more protein. It's really as simple as that. 864-644-1900. That's 864-644-1900. I'm telling you, go there, go there. I'm also telling you, Nikki Haley, I know you're listening. I know you're somewhere up in New Hampshire. You're listening on uh, WGAN AM 560 and 98.5 FM out of Portland. Or you're listening in Keene on AM 1920 or FM 94.1 on WKBK. Or you're somewhere in Manchester and you're listening on WFEA 1370 AM and 99.9. I have written everyone on your comp staff every day. I have written your senior consultant. I've said, where's Nikki? And I'm not endorsing. I, I, I have not endorsed. I've been fair to everyone. Chris Christie's mad at me, but that's because I asked the obvious question last week, which is, you're not going to win. Uh, why are you in? And he got out two weeks ago. And so he's mad at me, but I, it wasn't a trick question. It wasn't a trap question. I've had on Donald Trump. I've had on Governor DeSantis. I've had on Ambassador Haley. I like them all. They're great Republicans. They're all better than Joe Biden. But I do think they ought to be making the ask. That, uh, you know, New Hampshireites have, have listened and worked so hard all year long. They ought to be making the ask. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. I want to say to my friends in the Granite State, seven more days. Okay, Grace Curley is going to pick up the baton for some of me, for example, on WGAN out of Portland that covers northern New Hampshire, WKBK and Keene and WFEA in Manchester. I know you're listening. Thank you. I know it's been a year and a half, two years since people started showing up. I know how hard you work and how much you pay attention. And I really appreciate New Hampshire for doing this. It's it's actually demonstrating to the world how elections should be run up close and personal talking to candidates. And I appreciate the candidates who go and the number of volunteers who are out there. All of these campaigns have volunteers and all the people who open their homes they open their homes. They come in. Let's have 20 people over. It's the real deal. It's democracy, small D, New England style. Thank you, New Hampshire. I greatly appreciate it that you do this. I'm here to tell you, I am not endorsing anyone. I endorse you, your citizens. You are active and involved and informed citizens. And I saw a Bernie Sanders person show up at a, uh, I think, of a vague rally. Doing, I can't remember and I, I like the Bernie Sanders. I love them all. They're citizens. They take it. It's the New England thing. They've been doing this for 400 years and they show up and I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you. I want to assure you, I have not endorsed anyone. I am fair. Former President Trump has been on. 
Governor DeSantis has been on. Ambassador Haley has been on. They're the last three standing. They are welcome tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. I know that you also have, on top of that, all day today to work, and that you've got to work over the weekend. You've got events to staff. It's really quite an extraordinary thing. When you go into a little bar, went down to Manchester to see Governor Christie, it's a little bar, and it was a you know, good crowd, 50 people, and he worked the room, and they went and saw Nikki Haley in Portsmouth, and it was a bigger crowd, about 250, and she worked the room, and, and she took the questions with Morgan Ortegas. And I'm, I am always looking at the logistics. How many people are there? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please tell these candidates to show up on the radio and ask for your vote if you're a volunteer, and please tell them to call Leader McConnell and the Senate Republicans and build the border wall, because we're going to get crushed if we don't. We cannot fold at this moment. We have to deliver the wall. We have to. I've been a land use litigator, negotiator for 35 years. I'm retired. I know what it is to negotiate. I know what it is like when the momentum of a deal takes over and you realize you're not actually getting the deal that you wanted to get. You're, you're just carried along by momentum of the deal. You started out with a 1,000 acres and you were asking for four houses an acre and you're down to 300 acres and you're getting three an acre and all you want to do is get the deal done so you can go home. It's a bad deal. Sometimes you have to walk away. Any lawyer who has ever been in a settlement conversation knows sometimes you have to walk away. So Democrats do not want to build the wall on the border. I don't know why. I'm not going to ascribe to them. I don't understand it. I think it's inhumane not to send the signal that you may not enter into this country illegally. Do not give your lives and your children and your money over to coyotes and evil people. I think that's inhumane. Once people get here, I think we need to take care of them. But we need to tell them not to come because we can't protect them. We can't save their lives. We can't prevent them from being abused and raped and and trafficked. We can't stop the fentanyl unless we do the first step. The first step is a big wall. Now, for years, I've been debating this. And walls don't work. Yes, they do. That's why the mob at the White House on Saturday night did not get into the White House. Because of the fence. That is why the second intifada in Israel, which had, I believe, 120 suicide bombings, began, I believe, in 01. It ended when Israel built a wall. It's why Finland is building a wall on its border with Russia. Some of you are thinking it didn't work in Gaza And the answer was, it wasn't big enough, and it wasn't strong enough, and it wasn't made of bricks. And there weren't two of them. And it wasn't defended in depth by a border patrol. And they're going to change that. You you think they're going to take down that fence after 10-7? Or do you think they're going to double and triple it? They're going to double and triple it. And I know there are tunnels. There are tunnels in Northern Lebanon running into southern Israel, into northern Israel. Southern Lebanon to northern Israel. I know there are tunnels from Gaza. They've, I think, been exploded now. I know there are tunnels from Egypt into Gaza. Tunnels are a problem. Ladders are a problem. Walls do not stop 100% of the people coming at them. 
They slow down 100% of the people. They stop 90% of the people. And then your defense in depth, your border patrol, does it. I have been told we can't build the wall close enough to keep them from American soil where they can file their asylum papers. That they can cross the Rio Grande and there are 100 yards of dirt on which they can claim asylum. Okay, change the law. Build the wall. That's not an answer. It's not even an argument. And it's my lawyering comes out sometimes when I hear bad arguments from people. I had one senator tell me uh, they understand my position. They've been in a bar fight before and they're sorry. That's not an argument. That that is that's not responsive. It's not like I just showed up. I've been doing Republican stuff since 1974. I'm a moderate on immigration. It's, it, it, I, I cannot tell you anymore. It will lose. It will hurt the party. It will crush the party. It will destroy Speaker Johnson. It's nuts. It's nuts to do what you are proposing to do. Absolutely, 100% crazy. Don't do it. Don't even get the votes in the conference to send it forward. The 10 of you who support this, I'm not one of these people that say I'm never going to support you again. There are good people who support this bill. There are very thoughtful, smart people. They're wrong. Right? We've got to have the ability to say sometimes you don't know what you're talking about. The people who support this bill have no experience with the border. I do. I've been living here off and on in California from 1978. I'm here this month and I go back east. But I lived uninterrupted from 1989 to 2016. I dealt with the illegal population for 17 years on the Prop 10 Commission. I care about them. I'm a Roma Catholic. I believe in taking care of the stranger. I believe in building good shelters. I got in a fight with Jeff Sessions on the air over child separation policy. I don't believe in it. Uh, I, I am a complete moderate on the border and a complete hardliner on the wall because it's the only thing we haven't tried and it's the only thing that will work. And we can do it right now. And I am 100% in favor of getting aid to Israel immediately and 100% in favor of getting aid to Ukraine immediately and 100% in favor of the wall immediately. And it all has to happen at once. You can't take two out of three. That's leaving the poker game in a barrel and the barrel has a back cut out of it. It is not a negotiation. When you simply sit there and say, okay, we accept your ultimatum, no wall. That's not a negotiate. You start with, we will have a wall or we're done. And then you leave. And we campaign in 2024. And maybe I'm wrong. Right? Maybe the American people do not agree with me. And the Democrats shoot down the wall and maybe they say, we don't want the wall. We want 8 million people. That's what we know. And by the way, 8 million people in three years walked across the southern border. 8 million people. And those are the people that we had, quote, encounters with. It's more like 10. We have between 20 and 30 million people in the country without permission. We have to regularize them. We have to be humane towards them. We have to adjudicate their cases. We have to get rid of the criminals. We have to deport and jail those who are a threat. We have to stop terrorists and people on the terror watch list. We got so much to do. It's a big issue for Republicans because it's a real issue not an issue about labor. It's not an issue about picking vegetables like that idiot Nadler said. It's an issue about people and how to treat them and the signals to send them and national security.
So I know that Senate staffers are driving into work today and they don't want to not finish the deal. They want to send a deal over. I, I get that. I understand it. You've worked so hard on it. You've been in all night meetings. You've gone back and forth on the language. I did that when I was your age, and it's a pain in the neck. You try negotiating the combined federal campaign language with Steny Hoyer's team in 1988 and 87, up all night long, finally getting to a deal. And all you want to do is get the deal done. And we did. But sometimes you can't. Sometimes you have to say, sorry, guys, there's no border wall here. And I just heard from the boss. Mitch just called. No wall, no deal. John Thune just called. No wall, no deal. And and the Democrats will get mad and they'll pound. And the senators will feel undercut. And the lead negotiators will feel undercut. And the answer is, you know what? We didn't we didn't listen. We're not doing this again. We're not going to make the mistake. Ask John Kyle, ask John Cornyn, ask Marco Rubio. These are serious legislators. What happened when they got it wrong? You do not take the best deal they offer. You take the deal you must have. The best deal that they offer is not a good deal. You don't walk onto a car lot and say, I'll take that car. I'll give it to you for $25,000. But it's only worth $5,000. $25,000. Okay, I'll take that deal. No. You don't buy the car. They're selling you a bad car. Don't buy the car. Say no. Walk away. And if I'm wrong, I posted this on X. You can comment on X. I'm going to write about it for Fox tomorrow. Do If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. I know this. I, I've been doing this for a long time. I know the border. I know the technology issue. I know all of the arguments about ladders and tunnels. I've done it forever. You are wrong if you're giving up the border wall and it will not get through the House and it will destroy the 2024 election and you will not get the Senate back. Because if you cannot go for the obvious things, why do we trust you to get the big thing? I trust Mitch. He wants Ukraine. I understand that he's right. Leader McConnell has said again two things. First, you got to win. Number two. Okay, first thing. First, you got to win. Number two. You can start too late, but you can never start too early. You may have started too late on the border wall, in which case you have to walk away. But the first thing is you got to win. And you don't win by losing the border wall. You don't. Don't do it. Call the Senate, 202-224-3121. Ask for your senator. Tell them no border wall, no deal. It's 202 224-3121. I'll be right back. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. One of the people I follow very closely on Twitter, I follow the two Davids, David Bossie and David Urban. David Bossie's on the RNC, forgot more about politics than I've done my entire life, and I I know he's a Trump guy, so I I follow it that way, but I, I just respect his judgment. David Urban, I don't know where he is in the race. I think he's a moderate. I mean, I think he's an independent uh, neutral like me. But I follow Urban, West Point guy, hardcore, you know, he's a yinzer, which is very sad. At least the Steelers lost. That's good. But but Urban this morning posted the, the latest New Hampshire poll. Donald Trump, 50 percent. Nikki Haley, 34 percent. Ron DeSantis, 5 percent. Um, I do not know. But I want to assure you, especially News Radio WGAN AM 5. Uh, uh, 60 in in Portland and FM 98.5 in Portland. You're talking in northern New Hampshire. 
WKBK 94.1, 1920 in Keene, New Hampshire, WFA Manchester 1370 and 99.9. I've invited them all on, the former president, Ambassador Haley, Governor DeSantis. They have got their own strategy. They have their own consultants. I don't understand it. Why they're not asking for your vote this morning on this show, I would. But then again, I'm not a consultant. I'm a journalist and a lawyer. But I'm here to tell you, I I thank you for what you're doing today in New Hampshire, because all of you people are out there working so hard. There are going to be like 50 events in New Hampshire today between these three candidates and all the people with the TV cameras. I always go in, I look at the back row, and these poor guys and gals are lifting this stuff on the back row, and they're carrying around all this equipment, and it's not the world's greatest weather. And you're working so hard. Thank you for putting on the first in the nation. It is such a great thing. I'm going to get the guy who runs New Hampshire News on later in the week to talk about this. It's so all-consuming. It's so great. Michael is such a great guy. He gives me lots of good stuff. Let me close by saying two things. Number one, please, Senate Republicans, do not do this. You have made a mistake. You are walking into a minefield. You have gotten out over your skis. You are beyond the range of your fuel tanks. You have created a monster. Take it back and tell the Democrats, no, you have heard from the base. To my audience, call your senators, 202-224-3121. No wall, no deal. All right, I can, we need to get aid to Israel. We need to get aid to Ukraine. We need a border wall. Two out of three is not enough. There is no substitute for a wall. Don't tell me, oh, I'm going to change this line in the law here, and it's going to change everything. That, that, that's, not, that's not even rational. Oh, I'm going to increase the number of Border Patrol for one year. It's a one-year appropriation. It's not rational. You can't turn a wall off once you build it. You can cut a hole in it, and you can repair the hole. You can dig a tunnel under it, and you can find the tunnel and fill it in. But you need the wall. And do not appeal to our better angel. This is nonsense. I'm the humanitarian here. If you don't build that wall, you're killing people because you're not sending the signal that the border is closed. You're sending the opposite signal. And I'm tired of killing people. We've got to do the hard thing. And if Democrats won't do it, walk away and campaign on it. Donald Trump will. Nikki Haley will. Ron DeSantis will. They're all for the wall. Every Republican is for the wall. And the Senate wants a deal that doesn't have the wall in it. I, I am so perplexed. Senator Cotton, where are you? Put up the bat signal. Uh, Let me close by also saying on the podcast, I never do this on the podcast, but I want the podcast. I'm doing a long podcast today. And I want the people on the podcast to know that Andrew and Todd.com are my friends and they're sponsors of my radio show. You don't always hear them on the podcast. They sometimes sponsor the highly concentrated Hugh podcast. And you can get my show every day, but you don't get the whole show every day. Today, you're going to get the whole show. It's that important. It's New Hampshire week. It's the border bill week. It's Israel. It's Ukraine week. So you're going to get the whole show. Harley's going to cut it up and make it work. But uh, AndrewandTodd.com are the second greatest sponsor of the Hugh Hewitt Show after Hillsdale.edu. You go to HughForHillsdale.com. They're the greatest sponsor. The second greatest sponsor is AndrewandTodd.com. Why have they been here almost as long as Hillsdale? Well, because you folks use them. Because I got my loan from them. Because they're Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Andrew Del Rey has been my friend for 22 years. Todd Abakian for half that time. Andrew and I were in a Bible study together forever. Had lunch with him last week. 
They love their customers. They take care of their customers. And they realize it's a tough time to buy a house right now. It's a very tough time. Interest rate this morning went down a little bit. I don't know what they can get you, but they've got everything you need. If you're a senior citizen and you need a reverse mortgage because you're out of money and you're sitting on a pile of equity, they'll do that for you. And they're not flim flam, music man, talk fast and kill the deal. They won't do a deal that's not good for you. They'll also call you up and refinance when the mortgage you get today is no longer the best mortgage you can have. They keep a file. They know you. They get to know you. People love them. AndrewandTodd.com, if you want to answer a couple of questions online, or you can call them at 888 And I left this in the podcast because I really do want you to get the help you need. 50 states, go coast to coast. 888 Thank you all for listening today. Thank you, New Hampshire. Thank you, everyone who's volunteering for or working on a campaign. Thank you for everyone who's still thinking out how to vote in New Hampshire. I appreciate the effort that you're putting into this. Thank you, Harley. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Dwayne. And thank you for listening to this. Thank you, Jewish Show. Talk to you tomorrow. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.